Good morning, church. Glad that we have the opportunity to at least uh, still connect through his word, even though we can't be there. Uh, For those that are there, thank you for attending. Thank you for coming. If you are a guest, welcome. I promise not every Sunday you will have a preacher that just speaks through the TV. Uh, Next Sunday, I will be back. My family and I, as we're finishing up quarantine this week, so we are excited for that and excited to see you. So grateful for the opportunity, though, that we can still connect through Word. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, first book of the New Testament, six chapters in, and start at verse 19. As you're turning there, I want to pray for us, and we'll get going. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the ability to seek your face, the ability to look at your word, your truth, and know what it is. It is absolute truth. It is the one thing in this world that is 100% true, factual, and real. God, I pray that we hear it as that, that it is not an opinion. It is not something fabricated by man, but it is your word, and your word stands true for all of time. And so we thank you for the ability that we get to interact with you through your word. We get to hear you speak, the creator of the universe, to our hearts so that we might grow in a knowledge of you and in deeper wisdom and that we might share that wisdom and that gospel and that love to the world around us through the way we speak and the way we live. We thank you for the the ability as the church to encourage one another, to spur one another along in love, as your word says. We thank you for this time together, and it is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to, again, that book of, book of Matthew, chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 19. Let's read through these verses, and then we'll come back and break them down. So do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, 
and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's go back up here to verse 19. Jesus lays out, he says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. And he hits straight to the point, right? Stop seeking after the things that only this world can offer. Clothes, the house, cars, money, security, financial security. None of those things will last forever. I mean, think about all the things that we think we want or we need. And it is just a short time after we get them that we're dissatisfied and we're already moving on to the next thing, the next item, the next thing we have to have. And he's saying, stop wasting your life because here moth and rust destroy. They break things down. Thieves break in and steal. But instead, I want you to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Live right now for the things that last for eternity. Your relationship with God. A life full of repentance. A life understanding that what I live for here is not what really matters. That I might spend more time and energy and money serving people around me so that they might see the goodness and the kindness of God instead of myself. That God blesses us to help others to live for things that really matter. right? To walk in this relationship with God. And why, does, why would we do that, right? But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. No one can steal the joy you get when you walk in a right relationship with God and you find yourself being obedient to his word and serving those around us. No one can take that away. Nothing can break that down. Those are the things we're called to live for. Those are the things that we're called to strive after. That's really what's going to give us peace. And he says, he closes out in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now that's one of those verses, if you've been around the church for very long at all, you've heard this verse. And it is so clear and plain. What I put in my heart, right, is the value so if my heart and my life and my body are completely consumed with things of this world, that's what owns my heart. That, um, that's what owns my thoughts. That's what is owning my life. And I have to be very careful on that, right? What do I treasure? Because that is what's going to consume my life. And he kind of goes in a little deeper in starting in verse 22, right? And he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. Whatever I am looking at, whatever I'm consuming in, that's what is going to literally take over my life. He says, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Meaning if I'm looking at the things of God, then the light of God will be what consumes my life. It will take over my whole body. Now, we also have to understand this, too. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to a group of believers. 
and this term, your whole body, the body of the church. What are we looking at as a church? What are we corporately looking at together? Are we looking at his word? Are we looking at the the worship and praise that we're called to give him? Are we looking at the things that are full of who he is? Or are we looking at selfishness? Things that are about us. Things that we like or dislike instead of looking at the things of God. Because that matters. Because he says, but if your eye is bad, your whole body's bad. It's going to be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Meaning if everything we're putting in us is not of God, then that's what's overtaken us. That's the greatness that has overtaken our body is the evil, the filth, the selfishness, uh, the unrighteousness, things of this flesh will overtake us and consume us. And he goes on and says this, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he, be de- he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. We can't serve two different things. We can't serve man and God. Now, the funny thing is, is the only thing he gives us this, he says, you cannot serve God and money. Okay? And that we talk about money is the root of all evil or we talk about money being evil. Money is not evil, but the love for money is and he's saying no one can love two masters. No one can serve two masters. We either serve God or we serve ourselves. Meaning we are constantly chasing after the almighty dollar. We think that is what's going to bring success. We think that's what's going to bring us peace. But in reality, it will end up in a failure. And we end up despising. If we spend our time chasing money, we will despise God. Because God says to give it all away. God says to lay it at his feet, to give it to him. And so we can't say we're chasing and serving money and then we'll end up despising God. And we can't say we're going to, and when we fully serve God, we understand this. He tells us to give everything we have. And that's a scary thought for a lot of us. But the reality, it's the truth of the gospel. It's what he's called us to do. It's what he did. He's not asking us to do anything he didn't do himself. He gave up everything. He spent his life living for the eternal aspect of God's love by sharing the gospel, by bringing his life to be laid down as a sacrifice for all man. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. That He brought salvation to all mankind through his life. And he didn't do that by serving money. He did that by serving God. And we have to be careful with what we're serving. How do I, how do I, how do we know who we're serving? Our time, our money, our resources, our thoughts, the things we're striving after, the things that we think about, the things that motivate our lives. Who's at the center of it? Is it money or is it God? Is it success or is it being obedient to the word of God? All of those things matter and we have to constantly and consistently examine these are the things that are attacking our heart and we must take notice and begin to be aware and be cognitive of it and to understand what it is God is asking of us where is our devotion look at verse 25 through 26 he says therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life now these verses are uh, my growing up, these were my some of my grandfather's favorite verses, uh, and every time I read these verses, I can't help but think about him. 
and think about some of the things that he taught us through his life. Um, but this word anxious, if you think about it, man, how many times a day do you hear somebody talk about having anxiety? Right? We get anxious about all kinds of stuff. Every one of us, man, especially in this day and time. We look at the condition of the world and we get anxious about things that are going on. And what's life going to be like? And, you know, all of those things. But this verse tells us, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. You don't have anything to be anxious about. When we are focused on the things of God that are eternal, we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the world. Why? Because we're not living for the world. We're not, we may be living in it, but we're not living for it. And we're not living for when we're living for the things that are of eternal aspect or of his glory and the fullness thereof. We don't have to worry about the condition of the world. Why? We know where we're going. We know where things are going to end up because we trust in the Lord and his things and his ways. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Now, all these things are needed. We need money for, right? We need money for food. We need money to, to have things to drink. We need to have money for clothes and shelter and all of those things. But he says this, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? This kind of goes back to, you look in the wilderness after he, Jesus had been tempted, right? He'd spent 40 days fasting and prayer in the wilderness, comes back and he's being tempted by Satan. And Satan says, hey, you know, if your God turned this rock into bread, and he said, hasn't it been said that man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God? He's kind of giving his clue back to this. Isn't life more, right? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? The things that last forever, the clothes we wear, even the nicest thing you own right now, will soon fade, break down, and be gone. But we need God. We need him. He's the thing that will last forever in our lives. It is more than clothing. Look, he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, right? Nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Think about that. The birds get food. They have a place to nest. They have a place to go. But yet God does, they, they don't worry about it. They don't strive about it. They don't get anxious about it. God takes care of them. And are we not more value than they? God came to save us. He didn't come to save birds. And if God came to save us, do you understand the value that we have? Even our sinful, nasty, wretched selves, God came to save us. And if he came to save us, do we not understand the value that we have? How are you not more value than they if birds don't have to worry and anxious and God provides them food, why would we think he wouldn't do that for us? He does. He will. He gives us the ability to work. He gives us the ability to have a job. There's nothing wrong with having money. It's that what place is that money taking in our lives? Is it what controls us? Or do we recognize it for what it is? A blessing from God to be used, right? To meet our needs and to meet the needs of others. That's what the blessings of God for. Don't, 
And it's not meant to feel guilty, right? It's meant to recognize, thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to supply all the needs that I have. Now I want to use what I have left over to give to others. Notice that he puts out the birds don't have barns to store it up in, meaning they're not going to take a whole bunch of food and just store it away in case later they don't. But boy, that is our way, is it not? And we have to be very careful of that. That is not what we're called to do. Let's take it. Let's use it for the glory of him. Let's not store it away thinking this is what's going to bring us success. Because the only thing that's going to bring us success is using what God gives us for the glory of his name and his kingdom. That's where he's getting at. Let's look at verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? <laughs> Probably say it's the opposite, isn't it? Right? For us to, to spend a life in anxiety is going to be hard on our heart. It's going to be hard on our life. It might take days away. We can't add. Right? We're, some of us are worrying about what things are going to be like five years from now or yeah, at this point in time, some of us are even worried what it's going to be like five hours from now or five days from now. What's the world going to be like and where are we going to end up? And understand this, we can't add a single hour to our lives by worrying about what's going to come tomorrow. What's going to happen two days from now, two years from now, 20 years from now. We have no idea. It says, and why are you being anxious about clothing? or Why are you worrying about what you're going to wear, Right? Consider this, the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I don't know about you, but I've noticed in the last few weeks, I've just been driving around, uh, we'll say yellow sunflowers, but the yellow wildflowers seem to be blooming all over the place. And man, they are they are very beautiful. I love looking at them. I love just that natural beauty. Nobody planted it. It is God. It is his nature that he created. And saying, man, if God can make a, it will make a wild flower beautiful, what makes you think that he won't clothe you with what you need? He's going to clothe us with what we need. Because guess what? In a few more weeks, those flowers that look so beautiful, they're going to they're going to wilt. They're going to, they're going to fade away. They're going to die. They won't, they won't last. They'll be gone. But the life that you and I live for the glory of God is something that will last forever. Why? Because it's not us. It's God in us. He's eternal. He lives forever, always has, and always will. Why be anxious? We have to quit it. Look at verse 30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Then he gives this, this, this question, oh, you of little faith, right? He's this question of saying, if God's going to do this for the flowers, and what makes you think he won't clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Stop worrying about the condition of the world and start putting your faith in God that we know has always been, always will be, always has. God always has existed. His glory has always been present. His purpose, his plan has never failed. Why put a faith in a world that will fail us instead of putting a faith in a God that never has? 
He says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, right? Those away from God seek after all these things. And your hev- hev- listen to this. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God knows your needs. God knows what you need. He knows what I need. He knows what our families need. Stop worrying about it. Spend the time we have. Well, how many ever days that is. Loving him, seeking after him, seeking his will. And he, he knows what we need. Not Notice it doesn't say what we want. It's what we need. We need our, our needs to be fulfilled comes from a need for God. We need him. He knows what we need. Let's strive for him. Let's, let's go after him. He closes out the chapter Verse 33 and 34, he says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All those necessities, the food, the drinks, the clothing, the shelter, the things that you need in life are going to be added to you when your life is spent putting the kingdom of God first. God's thoughts, God's ways, God's wills, have to be the bigger and biggest priority in our lives. It says, seek him first. There's going to be other things that come, but his kingdom is who, what we seek first. His will is what we seek first. His way, his word is what we seek first. Right? And his righteousness, he is the only one that can be righteous. Let's seek after his righteousness. And then all of these things will come. All be added to us. It says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. There's going to be enough troubles come tomorrow. Stop adding them on to the troubles of today. Even closes out. He says sufficient are for the day is its own trouble. Today has its own things. Stop worrying about tomorrow. You and I may not even be here tomorrow. And if we are, God will take care of us then too. Let's think about today, right now, seeking his kingdom and his will in this moment, in this day and time. Man, I don't know how many conversations I've had over the last several weeks of how many people are just really worried. And I'd be lying to you if I told you that I didn't fret or worry or be anxious about the condition of things happening in the world. But, you know, quickly realizing and understanding none of that is going to help. It's only wasting my life. Having conversations about how frustrated we are with the condition of our world, our government, whatever it may be, or even political issues or things that we've made political, that we've made such a God out of it in our lives that it's keeping us from seeking first the kingdom of God, which is what we're called to first. Right? We're called to seek first the kingdom of God. And we have to guard our hearts because if we don't guard our hearts, we'll miss it. We will miss what it is God has for us today in this moment right now. And we'll lose sight of the purpose of this life. And we have to quit that because if we don't, like I said, we will miss the opportunity to seek what really matters. And that's the things of eternity, the things that are eternal, the things of God. There's a verse in uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that I kind of want to use to wrap up this message today. 
Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance. Vigilance. For, for from it flow the springs of life. Paul would also write in the book of Romans, like we capture every thought that's not from God, right? And, and get it out. We throw it out. And to keep your heart with all vigilance. With everything in you. Listen, we've got to guard our hearts. If we're spending our days and times listening to the news or, or watching the news or uh, just filling our lives with social media feeds of everyone's opinion and all the divisive and all the division that's taking place and, and the separation of you know this side versus that side, left, right, black, white, mask, no mask, shot, no shot, if that's what's consuming us, that's what our heart is being filled with. And we will live a life where we are being divisive. We're being divisional. And we'll, we'll, if you don't agree with me, well, then you're, you know, we, and we bring up this separation and we're not loving and we're not being kind. And we'll live in fear and anxiety and depression sets in and it leads down a road that is dark because we've opened our eyes and constantly focused in on what doesn't matter. You know, when Solomon wrote this, I believe he was telling us, keep your heart, right? With all of it, guard your heart. The thing that's at the center of you, right? Because from it flow the springs of life. From what is at our heart springs out of every aspect of our lives. Our emotions, our thoughts, our uh, the things we do physically, how we feel spiritually, all of those things come from it, and then it, then it affects our relationships, our marriages, our, our children, our workplaces. But if we keep it with vigilance, right? We keep our heart focused in and seeking first the kingdom of God. Guess what's going to come out in all of those aspects? Guess what kind of thoughts I'm going to have? I'm going to have thoughts about God when my heart is focused on Him. Guess what's going to come out of the things that I do in my life? Things that are of God, things that are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those things are going to spring forth from my life when I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, right? Because where my treasure is, there's my heart. Where's your heart, church? Where's our heart? That's the question I think I have for us today and want to leave us as we get ready to go start this week. Where's our heart? We are, I, I believe lots of us are in desperate need of heart surgery. We need a bypass. We have clogged the arteries. We have messed it up. And it is affecting every aspect of our life. And we need to examine our hearts. Right? I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about us. You. The church. The believer. We have to examine our hearts. We have to let the one in that can heal our hearts in. We have to focus on the one that can change our heart. Now. First. Foremost. Has to be the truth and the aspect of everything of our lives. Has to come to God. And He'll fix it. He'll heal it. He'll restore it. He'll renew it. He gives us a hope. Man, my prayer today is that you 
let your heart open to him. Let your heart open to the truth. Let's examine where things are. Let's not secretly hide and keep acting like everything's fine. The only way we're going to find peace and joy is to come to a realization that God himself is going to be the one that brings us healing and restoration. And I am grateful to have the ability to come before a God that's so, so patient with me. I don't know about you, but I know I mess things up more than I get it right. But thank God my salvation and my joy and my peace doesn't come from me getting things right. It comes through having a constant and consistent repentant heart, turning from it and turning to the things of God. And today, let's seek first the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for the ability to seek your face. We thank you that your truth reigns. We give you the glory. We honor you today. We honor who you are. God, today we seek first the kingdom of God. And God, in all things, we know that you are working for the good of those who are found in you. And so we are not seeking the, the temporary things of this world, but we are seeking the eternal joy that we find in you. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it means. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. If you'd like to come forward and pray, be some elders there to pray for you and pray with you. Um, as you sing this last song, seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you, as he says. And keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. God bless.